Welcome to the Ohio State University Spring Quarter Commencement, recorded Sunday, June 13, 2004 at the Ohio Stadium. 5,865 graduates receive their diplomas. This quarter's commencement speaker is Aaron Moriarty, an award-winning CBS correspondent and Ohio State graduate. Gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the 368th commencement of The Ohio State University. I'm honored to preside at this important ceremony as this university bestows its academic degrees upon today's graduates. At each commencement, we invite a noteworthy individual to make remarks to our graduating class. And while it's always a pleasure to introduce this individual, it's even more so when this person not only hails from the great state of Ohio, but is also an alumna of the Ohio State University. Today's speaker has built her career around communications and broadcast journalism. Without question, she knows how to inform, influence, and change opinions. Award-winning CBS correspondent, Erin Moriarty, is a correspondent For 48 Hours, the investigative series which premiered in 1988 and is unique in that it delves into a single subject for each hour-long program. As a correspondent, Erin has conducted interviews with the famous and the infamous. Her stories have exposed corruption, explored unsolved crimes, and investigated consumer complaints. A native of the Columbus area, area, Erin attended elementary school in Grandview and high school in Upper Arlington prior to earning both her Bachelor of Arts and her law degrees from Ohio State in 1973 and 1977, respectively. As a franchise lawyer in Columbus, Erin became co-host of the local PM News, the start of an impressive career in broadcast journalism. News reporting jobs in Cleveland, Chicago, and Baltimore eventually led her to CBS in 1986, where she contributed to CBS This Morning and to CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. She joined 48 Hours in 1990. Erin returns to Ohio State and has been very generous about sharing her time and talents. In 2003, she moderated the nationally televised live gubernatorial debate sponsored by the John Glenn Institute for Public Service and Public Policy. She emceed the 2000 closing ceremony to celebrate the completion of the university's five-year $1.23 billion fundraising campaign. She also anchored a promotional video for the Moritz College of Law. Drawing on her training as a lawyer, Erin has explored some of the most important social and legal issues of our days, such as teenagers facing the death penalty, the abortion controversy, the nation's drug and alcohol abuse problems, battered women's syndrome, and the struggle to save premature babies. 
Aaron has worked numerous hours, has received numerous honors, including nine Emmy Awards for her work on 48 Hours and the Overseas Press Award in 2001. The Consumer Federation of America presented her with a Consumer Media Service Award in 1988 for her many contributions of both local and national significance as a consumer reporter. She is also the recipient of the 2003 Mortarboard Alumni Achievement Award. It is my pleasure and honor to introduce Ohio State's Spring 2004 commencement speaker, Ms. Erin Moriarty. Thank you, President Holbrook. Wow, you made it to this day. And no rain so far and no cicadas. Congratulations to all of you, the proud graduates of the class of 2004, and you're even prouder, parents, family, and friends. I am honored and thrilled to be back here to spend this day with you today. As a CBS News correspondent, it's not unusual for me to appear before an audience of thousands. I do that every week. But that's on television. Today is different. This is live. This is face-to-face. -face. And here's the best part. None of you has a remote control. No changing the channel today. Honestly, it truly is a great honor to speak to you. You are the first full class of what we now call the Millennium Generation. But since I'm a reporter, I'm going to start with some bad news. You're going to face a much different world than the graduates in the last century, a world with far greater challenges. When many of you were poised to enter college in the spring of 2000, you remember that? It seemed possible that some of you would someday join the ranks of those 20-something instant internet millionaires. And then, boom, the dot-com world collapsed. And then just as many of you were preparing to return to this campus for your sophomore year, the unimaginable occurred. 19 terrorists, not much older than most of you, took away forever our sense of safety and security. What's more, since you started college, the state of Ohio has lost a quarter of a million jobs. The federal budget surplus when you entered college is now a deficit as you leave. And of course, there's a war going on in Iraq. With all this bad news, you're probably sorry now you don't have that remote control. But I'm telling you this not to frighten you or discourage you, but actually to assure you. Before you even walk up to accept your diploma, you've already got what you need to succeed. After four years here at Ohio State, or a little longer if you're on the five or six year plan, yes, <laughs> you have what I call, for lack of a better term, your inner Buckeye. Now before I explain, may I digress for a moment? Have any of you ever spent any time wondering why our mascot is a Buckeye? At my high school, which just happens to be up the road up there, there's a huge stuffed bear standing nearly eight feet tall in the lobby, baring its teeth, a golden bear. Now that's a mascot, but a Buckeye? Think about it, this is the biggest university in the country with arguably 
among the best medical, law, veterinary, and business schools. There are the top programs in political science. Yes! <laughs> that was a little slow, slow on the draw. There are top programs in political science, dance, geography, engineering. You know I could go on and on. <laughs> and then, of course, that national championship football team. All this excellence and our mascot is a nut. But I'll say this for the Buckeye, it's a tough nut to crack. Yep. And what's more, the Buckeye tree adapts so easily to weather conditions that not only does it grow where other trees can't, it's almost impossible to kill. So that's not such a bad mascot after all. And while you may not realize it quite yet, you've developed a similar trait yourself, your inner Buckeye, so to speak. The ability to adapt to circumstances to tenaciously pursue your dreams. Let's face it, it hasn't been easy to make your mark on this campus the size of a small city. You've been forced to be more enterprising, more creative, and sometimes simply more charming to stand out. And you've had to take some risks. Whether you came here from halfway around the world or whether you're from East Liverpool, Ohio, I know there are five of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or if you just came from up the road, a mile up the road like I did, getting to this day required strengths that you didn't even know you had. You've had to battle the university bureaucracy. Yes. You've taken some chances and some tough classes from some very demanding professors. And more than a few of you, I'll bet, have risked writing a check that you weren't sure your bank balance was going to cover. <laughs> and then I bet all of you at some time have eaten leftovers found in the back of the refrigerator after scraping the fuzz off the top. Now that's a risk. But somehow, you've not only survived it all, you are stronger for the experience and you've made it here today. And now you're about to leave Ohio State to enter what can only be called the ultimate reality game. An amazing race with a high fear factor in hopes of avoiding the most dreaded words in reality TV. You're fired. And it may not be easy. Since I left Ohio State, I've had to make significant sacrifices to pursue my career, and I've forced some sacrifices on others. I've made incredible mistakes, and when I make them, it's usually in front of millions of people. And I've slept in more strange beds than I care to admit. I, I'm talking about hotel beds, hotel beds. I've taken innumerable risks, my mother would say unnecessary risks, in pursuit of a story. And I'd like to just tell you briefly about a couple of them. On April 20th, 1995, when many of you were still in middle school, I was shooting a story inside the intensive care unit of an Oklahoma City hospital when administrators came rushing in and told us that there had been a bomb threat. This was no ordinary bomb threat. Less than 20 hours earlier, a bomb had gone off just a mile away from where we were, and killed 168 people in the Murrow office building. And now those who survived, many which were critically injured children on ventilators, were suddenly threatened with another blast. The building was evacuated, but it was too risky to move these kids. 
So the police, in a race against time, decided to bring in dogs to try to sniff out a bomb before it could detonate. If you've never been through something like this, and I'm sure most of us never do, let me tell you, it is terrifying. It also made me incredibly angry. Why would someone do this to these kids and these medical teams? But I was a non-essential personnel. As reporters, we had a choice. We could leave and we could be safe. Or we could stay and record the tense moments as these heroic doctors and nurses, and some of them were weeping while they were doing this, continued to care for these kids, wondering if any moment they might die. They refused to abandon these bombing victims in the face of enormous personal risk. So we stayed. It was simply too good of a story, too important of a story to walk away from. And luckily, for them and for me, it turned out to be a false alarm. And then last year, while some of you were on spring break, I was also in a place with a lot of sun, sand, and plenty of action. I was in Iraq. My initial trip into the war zone was to cover the first food convoy going to the Iraqi people in the southern town of Safwan. I arrived at the town just ahead of the supplies. Now, this was early in the war, so I still believe, like so many other people, that the Iraqi people would greet Americans as liberators. Instead, I was surrounded by a group of very angry men chanting pro-Saddam slogans. They not only surrounded me, they began to grab at my clothing and roughly handle me. I was more than just a little concerned about what was about to happen when suddenly there was a loud rumble of trucks and every man took off running. It wasn't the cavalry coming to save me. It was the food. I learned a lot about basic human needs that day. I straightened my clothes, brushed my hair, and did my story for the evening news that night. Now, you're probably wondering, why am I telling you these stories? Because I know what you're thinking. Well, actually, I know what your parents are thinking. There's no way you're going to be taking a job that puts you anywhere near a war zone or a scene of terror. And that may be true. But then again, with the world the way it is, maybe not. In my chosen line of work, risks can be dramatic and sometimes all too real, but they are worth taking. I believe that reporting on an event like the Iraq War is vital to all of us. American lives and interests are at stake, and most importantly, our American soldiers deserve it. The point is, whatever life you choose, there will be risks. But whatever challenges you face, they will not be significantly different from what you faced already. It takes the same resiliency, clear thinking, and determination to overcome them. And then you straighten your clothes, you brush your hair, and you finish whatever you're doing. As is expected of a commencement speaker, I'm just going to give you a little bit of advice, starting with, and I think this will surprise you. Number one, failure is more important than success. When you succeed, you pat yourself on the back, and then you move on. You forget it. But when you fail, you kick yourself and you learn from it, and it stays with you. And number two, and this is, I think, good news, sometimes failure is success in disguise. And I want to tell you about a story. When I was working as a reporter in Baltimore, Oprah Winfrey was an anchorwoman at the same station. 
Now, that was before she was just Oprah, of course. But believe it or not, she was not a good anchorwoman. She had a serious handicap. She'd cry at the sad stories. And anyone who's ever watched local news knows that 99% of the stories are sad stories. After she did a few too many newscasts like that, the news director took her off, and as you can imagine, she was devastated. But as a consolation prize, he gave her a morning talk show. And we all know how that turned out. Remember, failure can be success in disguise. The important thing is to deal with it the same way you did when a test score was lower than you hoped, or a professor here didn't quite see a point the way you did. You just kept going. You had faith in your abilities, and you continued to work a little harder. What worked for you here at the university will carry you far. I know that some of you are sitting there right now thinking, I don't have a clue, not the foggiest idea of what I want to do with my life. That's okay. The truth is, finding your place in this world may be the single most difficult obstacle you'll ever face. When I started law school, I was sure that I wanted to be a litigator, trying cases. But I found my passion was covering cases. Try anything and everything until you find that job that is the perfect fit with your skills and personality. And remember, this is your life, so you have to live it, not the way I am or your mother did or your father wants you to, but in your own unique way. For me, the choice is clear. I don't want to read about presidents, prime ministers, or popes. I want to speak to them myself. I don't want to hear about the fall of the Berlin Wall, the Oklahoma City bombing, the Columbine High School shooting, or the events of 9-11. I want to be there. I want to see it for myself, and I want to tell you and others about it. I want to live my life as fully as I can. And that brings me to one last piece of advice, and I think it may shock you to hear it from me, a television news person. Turn off the TV. I'm going to say it one more time. Turn off the TV. And what I really mean by that, and I think you know, is don't live your life as a spectator who changes the scenery with a click of that remote control. Form your opinions on matters of culture, religion, and politics from your own experiences, not from talking heads. There are plenty of people on TV and radio on an endless succession of talk shows and interview programs who want to tell you what to think. Well, don't be a ditto head. Think for yourself. Here at Ohio State, you've learned how to learn. Now use those skills to educate yourself. And knowing you have those skills, don't be afraid to take some risks. No dream is too big. Believe me, no dream is too big. Ohio State has graduated judges, congressmen, writers, comedians, Olympic contenders, CEOs, CFOs, NFLs, and MBAs, great teachers, great scientists, this reporter, and today, all of you. What I wish for you is to really live your life and never forget where you came from. Thank you, good luck, and of course, go Buckeyes.
My message is going to pick up on something that Ms. Moriarty's already started, and I'll continue it. My title would be Reality Television and a True Life Lesson. Commencement is truly, without a doubt, the most important and joyous celebration that takes place at every university this time of the year. It is a privilege for me to stand before 5,600 of you who have taken the initiative to succeed, who've tested, used, and shared your creativity and gained and contributed to knowledge and are now prepared to leave. The completion of this major milestone and the anticipation of what is next creates the excitement that's in the air. Of course, this time of the year also brings a yet much-anticipated occasion for some, the completion of the fall television season and the network's spring sweeps weeks. And what an interesting year in television it has been, with reality show after reality show after reality show. Hard to believe as it may seem, I'm going to spend the few moments I have with you this afternoon talking about reality TV, or more specifically, sharing an important life lesson that can be extracted from a truly remarkable reality experience, or as PBS calls it, experiential history. It has lessons to offer you as you leave the familiarity of the college campus to head for parts unknown. The eight-part series, called Colonial House, aired on PBS and the university's public broadcasting station, WOSU-TV. For those of you not familiar with the show, let me quickly explain. Nearly two dozen adventurers from the United States and Britain agreed to leave the comforts of their modern-day lives in order to step back to the year 1628 and live like the original colonists, where indentured servitude, a rigid, hierarchically structured society, published punis punishments, and the continuous struggle to create a functioning and profitable colony were all part of the daily routine. For four months, these modern time travelers lived in a thousand-acre area in a remote region of Maine that's isolated from modern life to which they'd become accustomed. Residing in this 17th century environment required that they negotiate personal and communal challenges. At the same time, they dealt with rustic living conditions and back-breaking labor. Points of dissension that arose during the project included the rigid class and gender roles, mandatory religious observances, and puritanical civil laws of the era. The colonists were catapulted into a life that demanded that they take risks and set aside their differences for the sake of their success and even their survival. From an historical perspective, the series is interesting and educational, but from a deeper, more philosophical perspective, it is even more captivating when you stop to think about the risks the original colonists took by coming to America, by setting out to build better lives for themselves and for their families. The concept of risk incorporates the possibility of gain, and this is what the colonists were banking on. Any way you look at it, this country was built on the concept of risk, of not being afraid to blaze new trails. Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, and I quote, Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And if there's one lesson I can offer you today, it is just that. There is just as much untapped opportunity out there today as there was in 1628. You may not be discovering new lands, but you may find a cure for cancer or put an end to social injustice. You might write a best-selling novel, 
develop world policy, compose a symphony, or invent the next generation of therapeutical pharmaceuticals. And while you have obtained an extraordinary education here at The Ohio State University, it is only a start to the education you will obtain through your life experiences that will require you to use your knowledge and good instincts to select the risks to pursue. Not taking risks is a risk itself, a risk that you'll never have the life you want. Your university education has provided you with an exemplary foundation, but you're not going to find the answers to the new questions you will face only in reference books or on the web or remembering back to a course you took a couple of quarters ago or a research project or a group meeting you participated in. The answers are going to come from trying new things, from thinking new ways, from blazing new trails of your own. And that's what we've worked to prepare you for through the development of critical thinking skills, social responsibility, reflective judgment, and evidence-based reasoning. Perhaps Emerson said it right when he wrote, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. As you leave here today, I know you recognize the power of taking thoughtful, calculated risks of trying something new. Mark Twain made a comment many years ago that is absolutely relevant to the journey on which you're about to embark. Twenty years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Create a reality for yourselves that is truly worth watching. Thank you. And again, we are all extremely proud of you for your accomplishments, the education you've worked so hard on. My most sincere congratulations on your accomplishments. Thank you very much. Thank you.